Hello and welcome to Origin Compass. Hello everyone. Hello Salome. Hello Rory. <laughs> <laughs> so as you can hear, I'm here with Salome Puentes and I'm Rory Gowan and this is episode number two. And this time we did an episode about women in coffee and they're all from Latin America. So just a heads up, you will listen to the translation of the interviews that we did. Yeah. But the idea, yeah, the idea is to kind of have a very honest take of what it's like to work in coffee and what it's like to work at Origin and on top of that what, it, what it's like to be a woman working at Origin and Coffee. We're going to be starting with the interview of... Alexis Villamil. So who is this Alexis? Alexis is one of the most amazing women you'll ever met. This is very she's, true. Yeah, she's personally one of the women that I actually admire. Yeah. She's super young, she's super intelligent, she comes from a very difficult background. Mm-hmm. She's the, the daughter of a coffee producer from Gaitania. In Tolima. Uh, in Tolima region, yes. And uh, she's been working in coffee for 13 years. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, she is the quality director of a whole country. Yeah, so she has a really, really cool interview. And um, Salome and I both uh, interviewed her and asked her a few questions about being a woman in coffee. So here we go. Hola, Alexis, ¿cómo estás? Hola Rory, bien, ¿qué más? Hey Alexis, how are you? Gracias. Hello Rory, good, thanks. Maybe we should start with um, how you started off in the world of coffee. Well, first of all, I'm from Gaitania, Tulima. Okay. So my life in coffee started, well, from a very young age. Really, I grew up in the countryside. My father is a coffee producer, so it all started there. With the cupping side of things, it came about as an opportunity to be the lab assistant for, in that time, was known as Vermax in Bogota and well from then until today you're still here I'm still here so you must be very happy yep cool and um, I guess you like coffee a lot but um, what is it that you like most what attracts you to it in terms of cupping it is about discovering in a cup understanding the processes the coffee producer has carried out on their beans you can discover the whole process and see if it was done well or not well and this is something very interesting and why don't you tell us a little bit uh, more about your role? What's your role? Well, basically, my job is in this moment is to analyze the coffee that we buy in Colombia and prepare blends to give the final yes and then send out to clients so our clients are satisfied that the needs of the coffee are met as stipulated in their contract. Okay, so I have another question. Um, in any way, has our Latin culture affected your career uh, development? Well, yes. In a way, when I started out cupping, I think I did feel the preference for men as they had traditionally had this type of job. Women cuppers were not common, nor women roasters, but recently we have seen many women who are very interested in coffee, creating opportunities for themselves. I have a question. So, when you started out compared to now, have you seen a huge change in the number of women working in this area? Yeah, definitely. It's a significantly big change. Okay. Including when I started with Vitamix. Women who cupped, I think I was the only one, and now, well, I have, we have a lot. When did you start working with, uh, for Carvela or Beermix? In 2006. Has there been, like, any positive result of facing the challenges that come with being part of a minority in the industry? Uh, yes, I have learned to lead, to organize better the team, how to manage individuals, Management in general, organization in this job is super important. This all gives the entire team confidence that you trust in what they do. 
And returning back to the to the world of coffee when you started out, you said that there were many more men working as cuppers and that now this has changed a lot. So I guess I'm interested in what caused this change. Why are there many more women working now compared to before? Well, I think it has got to do with the interest of and what has been shown to new generations. Every day, young people are more and more interested in coffee, and especially cupping. And this goes for both men and women. Before, you didn't used to see the final result, just parents working hard on the farm to produce coffee, but to what end? But now, there's a wider view, and this is something which can help coffee-producing parents, their children, and new generations. I have met many young people who are very interested in coffee and how they, to enter, and so they ask you, how is it? I want to learn. I feel proud, and I want to be like you or something like that, and it's really all what you can hope for. Incredible. Okay, so what do you think that we, as women, should or could do to encourage more women to be part of the industry and, in general, to improve the industry? Well, first, I think you need to have confidence in yourself. And from there comes everything. Believing that, yes, we can, that this industry is not just for men and that women can also do incredible things in this area, including cupping, roasting, and in other areas where women have proven that they are more than capable. Also, there are many women producers in this moment that are very well known for producing top quality coffees than before. Well, the majority of producers were men, but now women are having the opportunity to show themselves and their work. Awesome. Finally, um, what changes need to happen from the industry itself to encourage more women to enter and remain? Changes. Well, the most important change is to give women the opportunity. After giving them the opportunity, everyone will see that, yes, women are capable in this job and in any. And this is the most important thing, to give the opportunity. Well, I absolutely love that interview. Uh, I, I love Alexis' take on the industry, and it's amazing how unbiased she is when she speaks about some of the issues she's faced and the environment in which she's thrived, even though necessarily it wasn't necessarily that easy when she started out. Can you just cool. say that she is impressively progressive? You're taking into account her background, and for those who have been into Lima, they know that it is a very uh, it's a, it's a place that's hidden, like uh, like a stock in time. Mm -hmm. It is just progressing, and it's really really nice. But her mind and the way she sees things, mm -hmm. not like oh we need this, blah blah blah. No, she's very neutral in like. This happens, this is how you solve it, this yeah. is how I think. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, so the next interview we are going to be listening to is our conversation with Deanna. Well, actually, Salome's conversation with Deanna. I wasn't part of this one. Deanna basically is very new to Calabella. She's only been working here for, what, like a couple of months? Yeah. She started off doing some training in Bogota, which is where Salome and I got to know her. And she's a yeah, great personality. She's very curious, and uh, she's super young, and she has, like, this... Um, vivacity and let's let's see what what she says okay well here we go um this is the interview with diana ah bueno yo nací en huanuco es una ciudad al centro de peru I was born in Huanuco. It's a city in the center of peru it's a beautiful relaxed city with a warm climate i have two brothers um, and i wanted to study agriculture at university as i used to love traveling to my grandfather's farm from a young age, I love to travel and be in the countryside, for, and for this reason, I chose to study at an agricultural university, at the Universidad Nacional Agraria La Molina, in Lima. And well, I went to, to Lima 
I was there for five years and there I saw all sorts of cultivations, but specifically, I liked the tropical cultivations. There I started doing my work placements and saw how cacao was managed, but I now work in coffee, but cacao is not that different. I was in and around Quito for three months, seeing everything from the production side of things, all the farm management. But I wanted to learn a little more about what happened to the cacao after it had been harvested and processed. So I started working for an exporter and then the opportunity came to work in coffee, although I didn't have that much experience in terms of carrying out physical analysis and cupping. I did understand a lot about the coffee farm processes because of my studies, but everything else was new for me. But I started to learn about all of these nearly two years ago. So I have a question for you. Do you think that your career has been influenced or affected by our Latin culture? Um, well, I think that Latin countries are producers of raw materials. We have always had these countryside cultures, grandparents and parents working the land and on farms. And in my case, my grandfather influenced me in choosing my career. And have you had any difficulties presenting yourself as an agronomist? Well, in the countryside, it can be quite tough, but in general, you need to be a warrior in the countryside with your boots and all the mud and all these things. And so, what has been the way that you have overcome these situations that you consider difficult, the ones that you have had to face? Well, one has to be strong. Go on and arrive to whatever plot of land no matter what. No waiting but entering. Walk through and get your hands dirty. You can't have a problem doing this. And I think this is it. Well, and... That's really cool. Um, and as a person, what do you think is the most important thing that coffee has taught you? Um, the most important um, that coffee has taught me, I think it is to be a little more sensitive with the producers and to be aware that the, their job is not very easy and to be more understanding about their reality but also in general to be stronger. I completely agree. Uh, and what do you think we as women can do to help the industry grow? Well, I think it's the same for both women as well as men, but whatever you're doing, do it well, be it the analysis or whatever. Specifically as women, well, I'm not sure if this is actually true, but they say that women can do many things at once. So, well, not just to generalize, but sometimes we're roasting, drying, hand sorting, doing many other things at the same time. Yes, and it's an ability to take advantage of. Exactly. It's a great ability that we have. And really, it is a great help to improve the coffee industry to continue improving our abilities and taking advantage of them. I completely agree. Well, it was great to briefly hear um, from Diana there some of her opinions about uh, about what it takes to you know be successful in the countryside. Um, and you have to be a warrior. Yeah, really. that was great. That was that was very funny when she said that. But it's it's also like something I've noticed from these interviews is that all of them are very neutral. Yeah. Like yes, you have your things. Yes, we have our things. Uh, this is how we open our, our ways. Yeah. That's really cool. It is. She doesn't talk, you're right, she doesn't really talk about things being unfair. She just looks at opportunities and looks at like how to how to deal with situations. And it's not about... it's super powerful. No, it's I amazing. think that's what has opened like a lot of good opportunities for her. Without a doubt. Because she knows how to take advantage of the opportunities coming uh, her way. Okay, cool. So we now have our third and 
final interview. And this interview actually took place at the Roaster Producer Forum. Unfortunately, Salome and I weren't there. But luckily... We had a great team member there. Exactly. Who was that? Of course, Anna yeah. Because <laughs> she's based in Guatemala. And basically what happened is that during the Roasters and Producer Forum, well... Carabella sponsored producers uh, to meet and go there. Mm -hmm. And we had this incredible opportunity of talking and having this insightful conversation with two different uh, producers. Uh, we have uh, Blanca from El Salvador mm -hmm. and we have Yadira from Ecuador. Yeah, cool. So we'll be putting that on now and here it is. Eh, bienvenidas. Es un placer tener el día de hoy a Yadira de Ecuador. Hello, my name is Ana Sofía, and it is a pleasure to host you today, Yadira from Ecuador and Blanca Marina from El Salvador, uh, who I will be speaking to and getting to know, hearing their stories as to how they became part of the coffee industry and especially why they want to stay in it. So let's start with some questions. I would like Yadira to tell us a bit more of her story, who is she, where does she come from, and the environment where she grew up. First, we will listen to Yadira, and then uh, Blanca Marina will also tell us. Well, hello. I was born in Guayaquil, which is a city of the Ecuadorian coast, but all my life was spent in the Galapagos Island, surrounded by a completely natural environment, my whole childhood just playing on the streets, and my whole adolescence being tanned by the sun, the seawater shaped my hair, and the salt scrubbed my skin. It has been a very relaxed lifestyle, and a very natural environment and life. Excellent. Well, let's hear a little bit about you, Blanca Marina. Well, I come from El Salvador, from Chalatenango department. I was born there, raised there, and well, it is a fresh and beautiful place. Great. Well, I think that all of us who work in coffee, at least the ones that work at origin countries, as coffee-growing countries are known, will come from incredible places, different kinds of nature, but at the end of the day, Everything is beautiful and green, amazing. Places where you get connected with nature and end up feeling well and liberated. Well, that's at least how I feel. <laughs> yes. It is definitely a shared feeling. Now, I would like to know how did you start in the coffee industry? What do you remember? Um, any story? Because, well, we all have different beginnings, so... Well, um, everything started like this. My family has had a farm for 40 years now. When they started, transportation to the farm was very difficult. Just to get there and go back took around 12 hours. Nevertheless, my family, we did have a tight relationship to agribusiness. We tried to help and contribute to the farm. Specifically in coffee, even though we had a few coffee trees, only about 10 years ago we established a more direct relationship by organizing the coffee plantation and increasing the number of trees. Everything was born. Well, the education I got was because my parents made a great effort and I had always felt identified with what they did and compelled to show the value of their work and effort. With one of my sisters, we had the idea to create or showcase the value that the farm has by hosting visits to the farm so people could actually get to know what happened at the farm, so they learned to recognize the huge efforts that's being the final product, and they also understand the high costs of the products, especially on the islands where it can be quite expensive. Galapagos has certain limitations because it is a protected region. You can't interfere with the natural environment. Therefore, we have no fresh water, labor is very expensive, and we have to outsource it from other parts of Ecuador. 
As we are in a natural area, we do not work with any non-organic agrochemicals that could help us increase production or control diseases. Farming becomes more expensive and challenging, but at the same time more rewarding when you know that you can do it properly and at the same time you're opening up the opportunity to show what's happening at the farm level. That's how this desire started, by wanting to be there, adding value to the countryside and also to show what happens and help people understand. I think it certainly relates to Blanca Marina's history, where she comes from and what she was telling me a few days ago. Was it Saturday, right? Uh, if you could tell us a bit more, uh, it was a very interesting story. Yeah, well, not long time ago, I decided to start working in coffee around eight, nine years. Almost the same. <laughs> I'm a single mother of seven children. I'm a widow. I started buying coffee from a farm. I bought cherries from them. I did that for around four years and there were good prices. So I started saving and then the owner of the farm offered me the farm. So I bought the land with this house included. I started taking care of the farm. We haven't finished setting up everything at the farm. It was a farm that was partially abandoned. So until today, we are still trying to set up everything and take an advantage of the land to continue working on the farm. That's it. That's what we have been working on. It's been a short time that I have owned the farm, but I really like it. It is located in a beautiful place. I love it. It is a place that always amuses me. So we can conclude that it is a choice to become part of the coffee industry. One way or the other, All of the situations surrounding all of us have led us to become part of the industry in a different way to each of us, but certainly in a beautiful way. The beautiful thing about it is that we like it. Yes, that's right there. We're passionate about it. Yes, we enjoy it. That's exactly what I enjoy the most when I go up to the plots. Yes! Nature and connection. It is so beautiful. Well, we were just saying that we are from different countries, El Salvador, Ecuador, and Nicaragua. And, well, I was wondering, inside of your environment and your career as producers and members of the coffee industry, um, if our Latin culture, maybe machismo, interaction with men and women, uh, have you ever experienced negative outcomes? And how have, we, how have you dealt with it? Maybe criticism, lack of trust in your uh, capabilities? or all of those comments that you can come that can come from uh, both men and women. Well, definitely there is machismo and it's hard to work on an industry that has been traditionally presented as an industry for men. We know we are capable to act and be part of any step of the coffee chain. Maybe jobs that require a bit more of, of physical labor can be harder but definitely not impossible. About trust We as women, and I include myself in this, we don't have full trust of our capabilities and that ends up hiding all the work that women do and it can even get to the point where all the work that is done by women, jobs like preparing food, managing farms, scheduling the activities and planning how to take care of the farm end up being minimized and not recognized. Well, in my case, regarding those situations, you will always find people that maybe because of machismo, in by or simply because they are proud will try to diminish what you do. But personally, as I am the boss, I am the one that directs the farm. And as I am always there, well, I don't really have time for that. She is empowered. 
Yes, she is. What we can conclude is basically that the fact of having that power, that trusting yourself, basically drives you to reach new goals, manage groups, and earning the respect of the people that surround you. And it is not about being a tyrant on whatever I say they will do. It's more like, I'm the leader, so here is what we should do. That is super important for a woman producer. Yes, and still you make consensuses and agreements with the team. Besides my personal project, I'm in charge of the management of a co-op where 99.9% of the members are men. And I think it has been a shock, a strong one, that it is a woman, the one that is leading and on the top of that. I'm not the same age rank. There is a lot of resistance to change and it's quite hard to stand up and say, well, we need to change a few things. But looking on the bright side and talking about our Latin culture, as women, we kind of have this charisma that basically help us reach places that can be seen as impossible, like being in charge of commercialization, direct teams, and reach places of change. This charisma helps to address people from a different perspective and convince them to do what we need to do. And that has to be taken advantage of. So in the end, our Latin culture has its pros and cons, especially when it's a group mostly formed by men. It's a bit more difficult, but definitely not impossible. Yeah, well, I do think that the base of everything is respect. Show yourself as a capable person in your area and demonstrate that the only objective is to add value and not to diminish it. Because the ones that are actually going to contribute are always welcome. Something I would like to add is that I applaud, recognize, and value the work of women that are managers but didn't have the opportunity to access to proper education. With my heart full of pride because my mom is someone that didn't have the opportunity, but I recognize she's the engine. She sees things from a wider perspective. And that's what I want to transmit to other women and men, even children, to be involved and motivate them to take advantage of the opportunities that they have. And something to add is that if they have the opportunity to study and get an academic degree that will help and certainly help me to feel confident in myself and that work I do. I agree. Training and studying is important and demonstrating to people that we have the knowledge and we can continue developing and we can add value. But even if you don't have the access to a certain kind of education, that's not a limitation. Yes. Claro. Um... You just have to look for and get closer to the right people and companies that will teach you. You can find a mentor. It is by no means a limitation. There are so many producers that never studied, for example, agronomy, but they are specialists in producing high-quality coffee. Maybe they don't understand the chemistry and the biology and agronomy of the trees, but know by experience how everything works. And most of the times, they possess information that is not in the books. It is gained by practice and experience. They learn at the farm by practicing. I believe that regardless of where we are, we have to try and create that multiplying effect. Multiplying passion, knowledge, desire to do stuff, and commitment. That is the goal, to spread that. Oh, I love, I love that interview. It's so nice how they are all talking together and they all have like equal input. Um, and they all, you know... They're, they're all saying slightly different things, but they're very much on the same page. I completely agree. It's like, you. this proves that there is a different thing happening. And it is not, it doesn't come because of education. Well, that's part of it. But it doesn't come from that. It comes from um, 
your environment. And also going online with the education thing, as we as we've heard in other um, interviews, no one is like minimizing the limitations of people in in rural Latin America. No one's saying, oh, you know, there are no problems. But they're always looking for the opportunity, which is something which is like really, really impressive in every single interview we actually listen to. I mean, especially this one as well. Yeah, something I was uh, very curious to see about these interviews, uh, and it's something I'm personally very critical uh, with, is I want to talk about the opportunities, yeah. not the lack of opportunities. Yeah. I want to see people that's empowered mm-hmm. and that's talking about how they did it, what they thought about it and what their perspective and their take, their insights mm-hmm. uh, as, oh, this is what we can do, not what we don't have. And I think that these women, without planning it, uh, they show that that is happening. And exactly. that's so important for the development of our countries. Yeah. Exactly. It's also nice in this issue, I think, because we are listening to three people from three very different backgrounds, but not just that. Three people at very different stages of their career. Yeah, and in, in general, in yeah. all of the interviews. Yeah, true, in all of the interviews. But in this case, I think very, very cool to have the conversation with three people and, and, to, and to really get a bit of a feedback. From and it's people. really, really cool. Like, for example, Blanca Marina, she's like, I don't have time for it. Even if they want to try and diminish and do stuff, I don't have time for yeah. it. I have a bunch of things to do. <laughs> and I think, yeah, exactly. And I think that's a great way of facing all... We're not saying that it doesn't exist. It's mm-hmm. just a different way and a different approach to face that. Because when people is coming, it, it's up to you how you manage the situation. She's saying, like, go with your bull of blah, 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 outside of here. We have stuff to do. And then when that happens, when you see a woman that's doing that, you're not saying, oh, she's very strong to be a woman for being a woman. You say like, oh, she's really cool. She's super strong. And you start admiring someone because of the, the, because they are a really cool person. Yeah, well, it's about like focusing on the person. It's about focusing on what they're doing and what's being achieved as opposed to their sex or as opposed to anything else that you can discriminate against. Exactly. It's about what they're doing, not about, about who they are. Yeah, and I think that's one of one of the really like uh, impressive and beautiful things uh, that we can take out of these interviews. These women are being admired because of how they think, what they do, and how they do it. Exactly. And not because they're oh, they're so strong to be a woman. Mm-hmm. No, it, you're not even thinking about it while yeah. you're listening to them. You're like, oh, that's so interesting what you're saying. Oh, that's really cool. And that's what they are teaching, and that's the example they are giving to the next generations. Okay, well, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. It's really, for us, it's been really, really fun uh, interviewing these people and finding out a bit more about their stories um, and hearing about their stories. It's been a, it's been a really enjoyable process, so we've, we hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Yeah, and we wish you could, like, we wish we could present it in Spanish, but yeah. we did the, the best we could with the translation. And if you want to listen to the full interviews in Spanish, we can share it with you guys. Just uh, let touch. us know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, we expect your comments. We will be back with uh, another episode in about a month. But if you have um, suggestions or things that we would like, uh, you would like us to address, please just contact us through social media. Perfect. Awesome. Well, this is everything. So until next time. Bye.